Coming up in Need to Know, we get into our Virgo groove in today's edition of Where's the Sun? In all the fields, I'm throwing rice while Isaiah throws shade at weddings. And in Gotta Do, we're saving our furry four-legged friends, the podcast that encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your very, very best life. This is Ward and Webster. I was struggling. I'm going to always blame the Invisalign. Hello, Bianca. Are you even wearing it today? Every day. <laughs> so I went to the dentist. Well, let me give you the things real quick and then we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> Today's episode of Ward and Webster is brought to you by the letter Y for youthful, yearning. I need another one. <laughs> youthful yearning and you better floss I don't know why don't I have another why give me a why yoked word. yoked <laughs> up and you'll know it'll make sense in a moment um you were about to say you did something what did you do I went to the dentist yesterday okay um yesterday no no I went to the dentist yesterday I went to the dentist the day before my mom went today child we are all getting these teeth here together okay <laughs> So I was seeing my dentist, not my orthodontist. And she was like, um, so, you know, what's been happening in the last six months? I was like, oh, I started Invisalign. And she looked, she said, oh, I can tell. <laughs> like, why are you saying it like that? And she was like, no, she said, your front looks a lot straighter than, you know, when I saw you in February. And I was like, thank you. And she was like, have you been wearing them regularly? I was, I wanted to say, isn't that the point? Yes. I do not care for these things, but I am doing what I need to do. Well, that sounds like a good report to me. I don't love going to, my gotta do should have been about going to the dentist. I, me being fully transparent, I struggle with the dentist. Like out of all of the physicians and folks that I see, like the dentist, I don't know something about the scraping of the thing, the tools, like, so the dentist is not my fave. It's not my son's fave, but I, as always, cause you know, I'm all, all things black. I have a, a a black lady dentist that I really do appreciate and she gives it to me straight. So she makes me <laughs> continue to go back even when I don't want to. I mean, I don't think that that's unusual. I think a lot of people, myself included, would have a lot of anxiety about the dentist and the dentistry, even when we're doing some of the other public health things, because that's just like, you know, as much as they try to like say, oh, it's not going to hit, it's not going to be this drilling in your, into fucking, in your fucking head. That's just always going to be, you know, a panic attack it really is and she was like oh I just and something about the sound of the tools in my mouth mm -hmm. I do not I can I'm, feel I'm, it I can't cringing right now what were you gonna say about yoke oh that's gonna we're gonna first it'll make sense and I hope I'm using the word when you say you want to yoke someone up does that mean you like want to fight them I think so yes okay great that's perfect that's a good segue to us talking about last week's Madonna episode because I have something I want to discuss with you my dear right here live on the show oh shit so I'm glad <laughs> that you put into the arc our reflections from the show but before I'm gonna set you up first why don't you give us your reflections of the Madonna episode first and then I'll go I feel like you're gonna be petty while I am gonna be kind go ahead I, I was actually gonna say one, that has to be some of the best editing you have ever done. I said, this bastard got Madonna um, sound bites. 
fights, music. You ain't you haven't had music since um DMX died. May he rest. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I said you say you don't sprinkle yellow magic on Madge for that episode. I'm not mad. And it was, I had to do it under the fair use standard because as you all know, we don't own the rights of any Madonna's catalog. So I we had do to not. do just enough and use it in just the right way to fall within the law. I think I got it. <laughs> you did a great job, friend. The interviews, I was like, look at him. And I will say, um, it definitely just, again, had me reflecting and, and, uh, for the wonders, Isaiah and I were in beautiful Fort Lauderdale last week together. Um, and a few times it was by request, I played a Madonna song and there were other Madonna songs that I had completely forgotten about that I like holiday, which is one of them. And I didn't even mention that on the show. You had every opportunity, but you know, it is never too late to give Madonna her flowers. So let me tell you what had happened last night here in my household. I was sitting in my bed, minding my own business. I was actually doing some research on a guest that we want to have on the show in the future. I can't mention the person because they haven't been invited yet. Suffice it to say, I was just doing some homework and I was perusing other Instagram accounts for this person, this person's affiliation. And then I was like, oh my God, I haven't been to the Warden Webster Instagram account recently. So let me just go on over here and see what Bianca's doing. If you're new to the show, Bianca does Facebook and Insta, I do Twitter. So I went over to our Instagram because I was like, I can't wait to see all the match stuff she's put on here to support the Madonna episode. And I went there, I was so excited and oop, and I oop. <laughs> when I tell y'all, this woman put absolutely nothing on our Instagram about Madonna. Not one picture, not one quote, not one nothing. There, it's zilch, zero, nada. You wouldn't even know that we did a whole damn episode about Madonna. But she did have Ava Freeman on there. She got pics, hair pics. She promoted this book that she picked out. But she didn't find time to post a single damn thing about Madonna. So Bianca Alexis Ward, what do you have to say for yourself? And how are you going to rectify this? And before you answer, I want to remind you, as the editor of this show, I will cut you out of the whole damn episode if I don't like what you're about to say. Go. I am literally, I can't breathe. Because one, you will never go to Instagram. Why are mm-hmm. you doing that now? Never, I'm going to pop up on your ass. Stay ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I, look at me hurt myself. I was not ready. So see what happened was, so I usually post the Instagram stuff on Saturday when the episode comes out. So I always, in the stories, I post about today's episode. And yes, so in the stories, but you wouldn't have seen it yesterday because it's late. There was a whole little mad situation, right? And I was getting ready to create the things. But you know, Saturday was real busy. I had just flown back (laughs) back Friday night. I had all kinds of things I had to do with the girl child Saturday. This weekend was just got away from me. But and I wish I I wish you could see. I have selected the pictures. Don't worry, there will be match appreciation posts. I promise. I have (laughs) it is so funny because y'all never go on there. And the oh, one the- time, but I love the fact that wait, now let now you petty as hell. Because at any point you could have texted me and said, Hey girl, hey, you wait until we are recording to be shady and difficult and put me on blast. But to the wanders, let me tell you what's gonna happen next. Ooh. 
if for the remainder of this episode, you don't hear any of Bianca's voice, you will know it's because I have edited her out as punishment for the way that she has treated Madge during the Madonna episode and the Madonna week. It was Madonna's birthday this week. And just the, the, the sheer rudeness of it all. It's just too much to overcome. And I'm glad that we're doing a Where is the Sun today because this is my opportunity to remind Bianca that the universe is not pleased. There's one thing you don't want to do, B, and that's upset the universe when it comes to Madge. Girl, girl, if I were you, I wouldn't cross any roads this week. Oh my gosh, I am literally crying. You have to, you can't, you can't. We're going to move on. We We're going to move on. But I, just I will just give, had to call Ma- her out I will give Madge her due. And then wait, and then when I realized that I didn't do it yet, and I was like, damn, but I was like, oh, it's Madonna's birthday. I'll make sure that all the posts go up like in celebration of, and it, that didn't happen either. I think I was taking a nap. Carry on. <laughs> in this week's need to know, we're just going to hope Bianca does better. In this week's need to know, where is the sun is back as we celebrate Virgo and let you know how you can use the sun to live your best life this month. So to the Wanders and to those of you that are newer to the show, each month we do a segment called Where is the Sun, which essentially lets you know where the sun is currently in the sky and how you can use the sun's position to live your best life. And in the first 12 editions of this segment, we've been focusing on the 12 zodiac signs. So we've taken one sign each month. And generally speaking, we do this segment right before the sun moves into that sign. The sun is going to be moving into Virgo on August the 22nd. So obviously now it's time for us to talk about Virgo. The symbol for Virgo is the Virgin. The dates this year are August 22nd through September 22nd. The element is Earth. The modality is mutable. And the ruling planet is Mercury. Ooh, great ruling planet. As usual, we're going to get into some of the famous people and best careers in a second, but I just want to tell you some of the Virgo traits to center our conversation here. As usual, we're using CoStarAstrology.com. So if you are interested in following along or learning more, just go to CoStarAstrology.com and you can learn about all of the signs. Here's some traits about Virgo, Bianca. They need to feel useful. They have a quick fix for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Virgo can be, ooh, this is difficult to say. They can be judgmental, but with good intentions. And you know what they say about good intentions? It's it's a pathway to what? Hail. (laughs) The road to hail. Because explain judgmental, but with good intentions. How how does that even, how is that a thing? I could give you an example, but you're going to say that it's foul and inappropriate for a Saturday morning. (laughs) But when you say, (laughs) you know what, I'm not going to say it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some discipline today. Use your imagination. Sometimes you think you're saying, you think you're giving a compliment, but it just comes out as judgmental. I'm going to leave it at that. Like, bless your heart? <laughs> that's just rude. That, that's, that's just, <laughs> there's nothing good intentioned about that. Okay. Carry on. Go to the next one. Um, they have an exceptional, I don't know what that word is. Spatial awareness. Oh, they have an exceptional spatial awareness, which I think means... I don't know what that means. Good with like things around. No, I don't know. Now we both look dumb. I've heard the phrase. <laughs> Cut all of this shit here. You're not going to have me looking simple. Just And they have, and lastly, Virgo has a million ideas per second. So this is an interesting list. So when I think about the Virgos that I know, does, does any of this stand out to you when, it, when you think of the Virgos that you know? Um, has a quick fix for everything. Uh, when I think of 
the and a million ideas per second. When I think of, um, I'm thinking of three Virgos in particular that I know. Uh, I actually know quite a few, but three in particular, definitely a lot of ideas and um, plans and things that they're going to do next and kind of bouncing around. I don't want to say all over the place, but just a lot going on um, and has a quick fix for everything. I think, again, the Virgos I know are like really handy problem solvers um, and quick with it. Like it doesn't seem to take them a lot of time to kind of process and come up with, um, come up with a solution. You want to give us these famous Virgos? Um, as usual, I only know like a handful of people in this list. Okay, so first of all, let's be clear. I am confused that Beyonce Knowles Carter is not on here. <laughs> and I am not. So let me also be clear. Bianca is not part of the hive. <laughs> but I appreciate her things, okay? I am still jamming to that renaissance. Do we know um, when her birthday is now that you brought September it up? September 4th. Oh my September God. September 4th. So she is right in the middle. You know what? We don't know who put, well, we do know it's co-star astrology, but we don't know why they landed on these people, but yeah, she should have been in there. Exactly. So um, Black Panther, Fred, Ham- Fred Hampton, Bernie Sanders, author, Agatha Christie. Hmm. Um, and then I'm just going to slide on down to Marsha P. Johnson. That's my favorite one on this yes. list. Um, they could have led with that and ended with that as far as I'm concerned. The rest of these people are borderline trash. Um, the ones I, we didn't. I'm mention, not yeah. taking it back. Um, <laughs> so it could have been it could have been Marsh P. Johnson and Beyonce. <laughs> you are so silly. <laughs> Give us these careers because you usually. Do oh my gosh, this. the perfect careers for Virgos are hot librarian. <laughs> Wait, I gotta say it again so that y'all can hear me because I feel like it's hot librarian. <laughs> How, how does Bernie Sanders fit into hot librarian? That's what I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I can see that for Beyonce though. Um, aware for other people's messes, walking encyclopedia, human GPS, and a one person welcome committee. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't find any of these to be all that alluring either. <laughs> this is just, I feel like they're throwing shade at Virgo. And I don't understand why. So literally the walking encyclopedia. So uh, my uncle is a Virgo. I call, I refer to him as Mr. FYI. Because he has so much information in his brain that it is just unmatched. He has applied numerous times to be on Jeopardy like he's ridiculously Mm -hmm. smart but just the random things that he knows so when I saw walking encyclopedia I was like oh that's uncle without a doubt and human GPS he can definitely get around (laughs) I don't mean that enough anyway carry on (laughs) so my friend Jennifer who's been on the show as a guest and a guest co-host she's a Virgo but I don't think that she fits into any of this and I haven't done her chart but she must have some really uh, interesting uh, moon influences because I don't really think that hardly any of this applies to her. And so I don't have a whole lot of Virgos in my circle, but a lot of this I find maybe a little bit hard to believe. So here are some, what kind of what they're known for. I'm under about Virgo a little bit further down the page, Bianca. It says Virgos are known for being perfectionists, clean freaks. They are known for their attention to detail. They can find patterns where there are none. They can be finicky and critical to a fault. 
It's true the Virgos are very particular, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they keep neat spaces. Their particularities and habits don't necessarily line up with traditional views of cleanliness. They can live in what looks like a Tasmanian devil style dust storm ruin, but still impose a no shoes in the house or a no outside clothes on the bed rule. Maybe their house looks like it's cluttered, but they still know where everything is. Everything has its place. Virgos prefer to exist in organized spaces, but put their service orientation over their own comfort. This can mean that Virgo is too busy fixing the lives of those around them to put much work into providing for their own needs. They're rarely motivated by their own self-interest. Now, Bianca, those last two sentences, now, those two things strike a chord with me when I think about the Virgos that I know. They do tend to be the fixer-uppers of others at the expense of themselves, both in the positive and in the negative. Agreed. Agreed. Those last two sentences also strike a chord with me as well, because going back to um, when they mentioned the best career, the Tupperware for other people's messes in terms of them taking things on and, and fixing and, and serving others. They sound like servants, you know, in a good way, not like, you know, in a petty way, <laughs> but but people who would be in, in of service to others. But then I want to encourage my Virgos to take care of yourselves as well. Okay, so you like to do this how to seduce. So let's do the how to seduce. And then I'm going to talk about a retrograde that's taking place in the next month. Ooh, come on, retrograde. How to seduce Virgo. Leave your phone someplace obvious and exclaim loudly that you've misplaced it. While they help you locate your phone, casually mention your passion for getting into bed with warm sheets fresh from the laundry. When they invite you over, compliment them on their taste in mid-century modern furniture and the particular arrangement they've chosen. <laughs> so shady. So what I am hearing is pretend to lose your things, <laughs> uh, get them into bed, and then compliment the, the layout of the room. Clever, all of it. Yeah, I don't I don't really care for any of those. None of those really none of those are things that I would do even if I was trying to get a burger because they just they, they sound stupid. <laughs> like if I'm being <laughs> if I'm being honest, like the last thing I would do in a man's apartment is, is compliment him on his furniture and how it's laid out. Like who the fuck cares? <laughs> like I like I love the way your the furniture is laid out in your place. And you see, but you're you're a cis woman not trying to pick me up. So let's let's be clear. If, if you were trying to get into my bed, was that is that something you were saying? I don't think so. I mean, wait, hold on now. So, <laughs> so you would go, you would go to a gentleman caller's place, and the apartment could just, or the home, whatever, could just look like whatever the hell, and you wouldn't well, be. Bothered? Well, since you asked, I would keep my compliments centered on him, not mm. on the decor in the room, because who the fuck cares about the decor in the room? To me, and now maybe this is the areas in me talking. And maybe it is because Aries people <laughs> would prefer to give them the compliment than to their home. And so I guess if it makes him hot, oh my God, I love the way you put this sectional in this living room. Sure. I mean, but that doesn't, please don't say that to an Aries person because you will be shown the door. <laughs> but because one of their, their gifts or their traits is their spatial awareness, the, the way they lay out their home is going to be important to them. It's speaking to their love language. I once 
went, this was years ago. I want to say I was in my early twenties. This is a, this is a total like side story y'all. I once um, walked into a Trix home and all the furniture in the entire house was white, white carpet, white couch, white chair, white table. And I was just, I, I, <laughs> I was just like, what is this? And I think I said to him, I think I said to him, wow, it's a lot of white. And, um, and he was quite offended that I, how dare I, that I demean his white, his white house. <laughs> Literally his white house. And ever since then, I have, I have learned to just keep my assessments of the, the layout and the decor to myself, because you just never know what's going to like offend people. And so as a rule of thumb, I usually don't go into someone's home and compliment about how they have it decorated. Because as you know, Bianca, people who don't know me well, almost everything I say can come off sounding like an insult. This is true. Even to people who know you well. <laughs> Sorry about it. So I just, I just like, no, we're not, we're not going to go there. Um, but if you, if you're trying to pick up Virgo, yes, tell them that their couch is in the right position because they find that hot. Weird. Yes. I think it's weird. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about this retrograde. So the ruling planet for Virgo is Mercury. This is important because Mercury starts its fourth retrograde of the year on September 9th. It's going to retrograde from September 9th to October the 2nd. Now, as you know from a previous episode, from several previous episodes, the retrograde simply mean that if you're observing a planet from our position on Earth, if you look into the sky and you look at Mercury from September the 9th through October the 2nd, it will appear to move backward in our sky. That's the literal definition of a retrograde. It's not actually moving backward, but because of the speed of our rotation around the sun and because of the speed of Mercury's rotation around the sun from our position, it will look like it's going backwards, but it's actually not doing that. Astrologists assign retrogrades to have influence over certain spheres of life. Communication is the chief one because communication is ruled by Mercury. So here's the bottom line. If you are a Virgo, Mercury is your ruling planet just in general. But on top of that, you should be aware that on September 9th, it starts to retrograde. So if you are a Virgo, this is an important time to be mindful of your communications, both the written communication, the verbal communication, the text. This is the time where you will say things uh, and they won't come out the way that you intend. So you want to be super, super on guard if you're born under Virgo. Even if you aren't born under Virgo, during any retrograde of Mercury, you want to be mindful about systems. You want to be mindful about communication. You want to be mindful about technology. They will break down during the retrogrades, and that's going to be September 9th through October 2nd. The final retrograde of the year for Mercury is December 29th through January 18th, and you know that I'll remind you once we get there. Anything you want to add to that, B? I don't want to retrograde during my birthday season. I don't want that for me. I know what to tell you. You want to you want to move to another planet where you yes. have a retrograde. If you go to Mars, <laughs> you won't have a retrograde because it'll be different there. Oh, that is so depressing. <laughs> and I also this is another a chance for me to remind you all the planets retrograde. I don't know why we always talk about Mercury. I, I do know why because it's the most frequent one. But all of the planets retrograde, y'all. So like. How come Venus never gets a, a bad rap for her retrograde? She's always cutting up. And those nasty ass clouds, why don't we why don't we rag on her some? <laughs> You're the only one who knows these things. 
So Virgos, this is your month. Enjoy, 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 enjoy the Virgin. And um, we'll catch up with you next time around. According to The Knot, 80% of weddings take place during May through October. Since we're right in the middle of wedding season, we discuss what we love and hate and plan Isaiah's dream wedding. So tis the season for love or whatever. While we were in Fort Lauderdale, uh, the balcony of my hotel room overlooked this um, beautiful outdoor like patio area. So I literally got to witness a wedding and it was beautiful um, between this this lovely Black couple. Um, And I literally sat there and like... (laughs) watching their ceremony from the balcony kind of like a creep but it made me you know it made me reflect and think about my own wedding um one of our previous wonderful guests uh proposed to his long-term boo I have to put it out there congratulations to Kenya and Silas because I love the both of them and it is about damn time and I cannot wait to be the flower girl congratulations indeed (laughs) So this is just the time. It's it's wedding season. I feel like I don't know. I haven't been to enough weddings, gay, straight or otherwise. In in my adult years, I'm like, are my friends not getting married? I used to work with someone who I remember one year she had multiple weddings to go to and that she was in like that entire summer to the point where she had like a wedding travel budget because it was just so many. And I'm like, oh no, nobody getting married. And I love a good wedding. I know we kind of talked a little bit about weddings and you seem to poo-poo them. So I want to hear your thoughts on, on all the things. Give it to us raw and uncut, especially for the gays. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what was the question? What do you think of weddings? Because this was actually, this segment is actually your idea. <laughs> it was not. This is, this is completely your, this you is your this segment. When we were in, when we were in Fort Lauderdale, we were talking about, we were talking about weddings. We were talking about proposals and you were like, we should do a whole thing on, well, it's mostly things that you dislike that the gays do. <laughs> So there's not, so the, so the concept of weddings, who doesn't love a wedding? Uh-huh. Like, and, and I in particular love wedding cake. We will get into that. We, we will. Have a whole segment just on wedding cake. I guess, I think what you're referring to is that I don't like wedding cliches. And so like all the things that people do, like, oh, the guy's going to get down on one knee and give the girl a ring. And they're going to put two people at the top of the cake. And you're going to go walk down an aisle and there's going to be people sitting on one side and the other. I don't like any of that. That's all bullshit made up, heteronormative crap. And so if you're, if you're straight people, like I expect you to do that because you're straight. But I, what really burns my stockings is when I see you know, same gender loving people adopting all of these traditions, traditions that were created and cultivated to exclude queer people. So like, why are we, why are we feeding into that? Why can't we do something that's completely of our own? That's where my critique, if you want to call it that, comes into it. Now, I want to, I want to preface my comments here, and I should have said this from the beginning. Do whatever makes you fucking happy, whatever makes your dick hard, or whatever makes you moist. So like if, because really it's your wedding and you should have what you want, fuck me and Bianca. So that's not what this conversation is. So first and foremost, do whatever brings you joy, because I want that for you. 
we're talking about we're talking really about the cliches and if the cliches make you happy then do the cliches i mean hell you know what i mean bianca <laughs> i was thinking of uh, literally as you were talking about all of the 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 heteronormative things and cliches that you mentioned i was like i didn't do any of those i don't know if I and you know what any and, of and when you told me that the first time we didn't get a chance to have it so now i get to ask you why didn't you do any of those things? And what did you do in, in place of them? Because I would, I'm, I'm curious. So uh, when the husband proposed, it was not on one knee with a ring. It was, anywho, that's not what happened. Did you even get a ring? Did he just give you like a flower and said, we're getting married? <laughs> please tell, please tell the wonders that he didn't do this. <laughs> Let's just say the ring came later. <laughs> the proposal came first. And that it was really about being asked. That's what was most important to me. Okay. And then the, tell us how and why you put together the ceremony that you put together. So we kind of did like this wedding in the round. So the way our whole situation was set up is that kind of our quote unquote altar was in the middle of the room and guests were around so that they could see us from all angles because it's always kind of weird where you're just looking at the back of people. So that was one thing. And I didn't like the... Um, groom's family sit on one side, you know, bride's family folks sit on the other because, yeah, so it's really about the families and coming together. So I don't even know why folks sitting on one side or the other is even a thing. So we were like, just people come in and sit down. <laughs> like, and also when you're in a, you know, we had been married, we had been together about three years before we got married. So we had so many blended relationships so like where do you all, sit exactly our co-workers our mutual friends etc so people just came and sat down um and we put a big w on top of our cake we didn't do that weird creepy bride groom thing because one i i wasn't one it's weird the little statues on top of the cake weird me out and i couldn't find anything to replicate this here beauty um, I agree with a lot of the choices you made. You've already shared that the proposal was unique in its own way. But let me ask you another question. How would you have felt if Cliff would have told me, Rosie, and some other people and said, meet us down at the restaurant tomorrow night. I'm going to propose to be. You get there and there's like this whole production and he proposes to you in front of like God and everybody. What would your reaction have been to that? And then I'll tell you why I think that's the worst idea ever. <laughs> So I would have probably cried, been all emotional and said, yes. Now that is not what happened. Um, however, comma, uh, the husband, my mom, and I think his best friend did a surprise engagement brunch. Um, they coordinated a whole surprise engagement brunch that I knew nothing about, which was such a big deal because he, um, it's hard for him to like keep secrets. Like, I don't know. I had no idea. But and the brunch was after you had said yes. The brunch was after. Yes. Okay. Yes. The brunch was after I said yes, but it was just amazing. Like our whole wedding party was there, like family. It was wonderful. I was in tears. I was shocked. Now I have never been to a surprise proposal situation um I always worry because what if the person says no that always feels like a little cringy to me and I've seen well, enough of them YouTube videos where well they can't really well you're not really getting giving them the space to say no if mm. you do a public proposal and I think oftentimes people rely on this defense well we've discussed it and they already said they're gonna say yes whenever I ask so I know they're gonna say yes 
And I always say, that's not the point. No matter what someone has told you leading up to that, it's you're still asking them to marry you and people can change their mind whenever they can change their mind. And in that moment, you need to create the space for them to tell you no. And if you do it in front of other people, you're not really giving them the space to tell you no. That's the primary reason. The secondary reason is to me, this is a private thing. It's about you and that person. It's not about other people. Like the wedding is, is the show for other people. Like the reception is the show for other people. The proposal is just you. Similarly, Bianca, we're not going to be invited to the wedding night because that's not for us. <laughs> so, so, like, so the, there are some elements of this that are not for everybody. And I guess what I'm saying is that the proposal is not intended to be for everybody. That's supposed to be about you. No man would ever propose to me this way because at that point he would know that this, that that would be a no for me. Yeah. But because I think that's the worst thing you could, I hate, I hate them. And then people record them and they put them on, on, on the internet. I'm like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? Sharing, Sharing their experience and love with everybody. No, no, just no. Nothing is private anymore anyway. It's, you know what, Bianca, I'll take it a step further. Mm -hmm. We don't record funerals. Why? Well, they do now because of uh, Again, ew, gross, (laughs) disgusting. Like some things are private affairs. The people who need to be there are there. Everything doesn't need to be showcased. Everything doesn't need to be a show. Your relationship is not an opportunity to put on a performance for your friends. What the hell is that? (laughs) Well, actually, and people, even pre-COVID, people do record uh, videos for folks who can't be there or like they Zoom them in. Like that's actually been going on for a while. It's only via COVID. I actually saw in Chicago, they used to have a drive-through video viewing situation where you can Mm -mm. drive through. That is morbid. That That is absolutely morbid for me. Did I ever tell you about the time? And I'm sorry, because this (laughs) is not what we're here to talk about. Did I ever tell you about the time when my grandfather passed away and and Shirley, who I've talked about on this show all the time, she told me to take my camera up to the casket and get a picture of her father so she could keep it took every, it took, it took God and everybody in the universe not to tell her no, because she was in grief. So of course I couldn't say no. So here I am standing at my grandfather's casket, snapping some photos on my iPhone to send them to Shirley because she wanted a picture of her daddy laying in a casket. And I was like, girl, what is, what is happening? How do you want this? <laughs> I don't know, but a lot of people do it. A lot of people do it. I watched a funeral of, of somebody I'd known a long time ago and didn't didn't know that they passed away. I found out later. And um the funeral home still had like the live stream up like you could watch. And and I did. I watched it. This was just a few months ago. This was like in this spring. And I and I watched it and and I watched and I cried and like all of that stuff. But for a moment I was like, damn, I wish I would have known, would have been there. So I kind of get and again, so many during COVID, so many funerals were via Zoom. Like it was because out it of wasn't, necessity. Well, and that it wasn't safe to be in person. Exactly. So I think it was out of necessity. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I can, I understand that. But I'm talking about in good times when we can gather and be together. There's, there's, in my opinion, y'all, I'm, I'm sharing some strong thoughts here today. <laughs> there's no, there's no need for that. Okay. Back to why we're here. If Weddings. You can change. <laughs> If you could go back and do one thing differently, other than inviting me, what would you do differently about your wedding, B? I would have, um, and this is so random, 
but I would have let folks give toasts and stories about us. So it's one thing that didn't happen. And my uncle, who I referenced earlier, he was like, at the end, he was like, why? I wanted to tell a story. I don't remember what he said, but I wanted to toast you and tell a story about when you were little and like, da, da, da. And we completely cut all that out because for me, I was like, I want to get to the part where we dance. I just, I didn't want like a thousand like toasts and little tributes and stuff to just make me feel awkward. But I feel like looking back that that might've been a missed opportunity for folks to um, you know, to share stories, like the toasts are always really sweet. So we only did, so the best man and my maid of honor gave a toast um, and our parents, and that was it. But you know, sometimes like you pass the mic around and you do that whole thing. Um, so that's one thing that I think I, yeah, I would have done differently. Okay. You have a question on here. I if do. Isaiah got married, what would the wedding be like? Talk about, talk cake, about cake, cake and, and cake. And- <laughs> So, I mean, so yes, yeah, so I've already given away. I love wedding cake. So Bianca, to me, there's just something about, I don't know what it is, like the fruit filling, the the, the fondant on top. I love it can just fondant. be a sheet cake from your, I'm not going to say the name because I'm not giving <laughs> us any money here. A good old fashioned sheet cake. I love wedding cake. I really do. I like to go to, to weddings just for the cake. And so I've always said that if it ever got, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak it into existence. When I marry my rich, tall husband, <laughs> you better claim it, glory. <laughs> we're going to center the reception all around the cakes because why the fuck not? Why wouldn't you do that? So talk about, no, the the, the wonders need to hear your, your cake strategy you and plan because so, I think it's kind of adorable. You are so And extra silly. as hell. So this is what we're going to do. So, um, you know how you go to a wedding and they have the sitting chart next, you know, sometimes you use the city or like sports or like some, something foolish. Like you're sitting at, I don't know, some table. Uh Well, at mine, we're going to do cakes. And so let's say Bianca will be at the chocolate cake table, for example, and someone else might be at the cheesecake table. And so we're going to have these elaborate cakes at each table. And the idea is that you'll be encouraged to mingle with the guests by going to their table to sample their cakes because the entire point of this reception will be the cakes. And so let's say there's eight tables. There'll be eight different cakes. You'll be assigned to a seat, but you'll have to go. You'll be encouraged to go, oh, I like red velvet. So I have to go talk to the people at the red velvet table. <laughs> I think it would be so cute and fun and a way to get people to, to talk around the cakes. And it And it's, I mean, I haven't met the man yet. So let's hope he likes cake, but right. it'll be- if he doesn't, it's going to be really awkward because we're doing it. Um, but I love the cakes. <laughs> watch, watch, he's going to want pies and then it's just going to all he's be fucked up. He's going to want pies or he's going to want some type of vegan concoction, some flourless something. You know what? That's not going to happen because we're not a match. <laughs> Clearly we're not a match. That's, that's, the universe is not going to do that. What do you think about, so I have seen, um, usually on like Pinterest or Instagram, um, where folks do like the different cupcakes instead of cakes. So I've seen like the cupcake towers. Look at your face. Why would you do that? That's know. not, a, that's not enough. I've do also, I get to have two or three cupcakes? I so want what, cake. So what is, 
But you can have these little, they're going to give people a little mini and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? I want a piece of cake. But then you could like rotate, like each table could have the different flavors of cupcakes. That way you're not trying to eat a whole slice. I've also seen the donut walls and like the donut cakes. Have you seen those where they're like cakes, but they're, they're donuts, like stacks of different donuts. No, I do love donuts. So I might I do, I would you. definitely do a donut cake table. Cause I love a good donut. Mm. Um, that sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And did you know that the most popular wedding cake flavors are vanilla, chocolate, yellow cake, and red velvet? No, no, I don't actually, I don't believe that at all. Now, when really? you say wedding cake, you mean, I'm, again, we're going to go back to this gendered foolishness. Are we talking about bride's cakes and groom's cakes? Because I've never seen, uh, most bride's cakes, I don't think I've ever seen a chocolate one, maybe once or twice in my whole I have existence. never, I don't know if I've ever seen a chocolate. We had a red velvet cake at, at our wedding. And also, um, it was delish. Don't forget. No, 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 no. I, that's not why I made the face <laughs> because, oh, you already said you didn't follow the, the quote unquote rules, but isn't it, I don't know where this shit's written down, but isn't most wedding cake supposed to be white? No. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You answer quick. We should Google that. I'm pretty sure that there's some, some white person wrote down the rules, you know, 5,000 years ago and it's, it's in there somewhere. Cause, <laughs> cause again, when was the last time you saw a chocolate cake for the quote unquote bride's cake? So, and that's, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that too, because I don't think I've ever been to a wedding Again, I don't get enough invites to them where they have a bride's cake and a groom's cake. Maybe I know that's that that's a, a thing. Maybe but... it's a Southern thing. So when I, so I grew up in Louisiana and Bianca, every wedding I went to, there was a bride's cake and a groom's cake. The bride's cake was always quote unquote traditional hmm. white icing, white cake, and hmm. some type of fruit filling. It was, it was just very standard issue. But the groom's cake was was like the quote unquote fun cake. So it was either chocolate, red velvet. It had a funky, not funky, but it always had a fun flavor. It was like in the theme of the guy. So let's say he liked basketball. The cake might be shaped like a basketball or something silly. But it was like, it was almost like the license to have fun. Mm. Whereas the bride's cake was seen as kind of like traditional and cliche. And we're going to take the pictures here. But the fun was the groom's cake, at least in the South. That's how they always did it. And this was, these were cis hetero weddings, obviously. So that is, it's interesting that you say in the South, because the first time and only reference I know of a groom's cake is from the movie Steel Magnolia. (laughs) When the cake was an armadillo. Yeah. Cut it. And it was red velvet and it looked like it was bleeding. Yeah. It's, and it's, it, uh, that was very in line with the way that they did it. Like the groom's cake was always silly and the bride's cake was always serious. And maybe there's a Southern thing, but I like, I see it a lot. And so in other words, Bianca, this is where you would get the chocolate cakes or the red mm-hmm. velvets, but I had never seen until I moved to DC, I had never seen a bride's cake that wasn't white. Interesting. Is that because you don't want chocolate on your dress? I, th- I think it has something to do with this mm-hmm. whole virgin, this whole white virgin foolishness that we carry on with. And it's the same reason, it's the same reason why a bride wouldn't wear a red dress or a black dress walking down the aisle. I think it's all in that same sphere of like thinking. In hindsight, I would have wore a red dress. My dress wasn't white. It was like uh, very ivory because well, Lord knows there was well, nothing. Were you, were you eligible for a white dress? Not trying <laughs> I mean, to put your business out here in these streets. I was going to say, because there was nothing virginal <laughs> about this, this, this child. And, and Cliff knew what he was getting, okay? Well, you have some bad information here. 
According to you, Bianca, the average wedding cost is $28,000 on what, on what planet? $28,000. No, Actually in DC, it's 36,000. I, I don't want to go to any of those weddings because that's <laughs> not enough money. <laughs> that is not enough money to have a rightful wedding. I think to me, my, you think budget, that's too low? my minimum budget would be 50. And I guess let's back up. How many people are we talking about? Because you could have a wedding for 20 people for 28,000. What? Wait. <laughs> how, how many people? How many? No, seriously. $28,000 wedding. How many people are we talking here? I don't. Mm, I don't know. I should look that up. I, I should look that up. But you, you think $28,000 is not enough for a wedding? again, we, a, a critical piece of information is how big. So I think most mm-hmm. weddings are like 75 to hundred people, right? Yeah. I don't, there's no way you can do a wedding of hundred people for $28,000, Bianca. Um, uh, seriously, where? <laughs> Hold on. We had about one twenty. I think 140 was our max guest list, but I think like we had like 120 show up. We definitely didn't get, I don't even think we got to $20,000. Bianca, the cake itself is two grand. So that, that knocks it down to 26 right there. The venue is going to be, let's say 5,000 for the venue. And then you haven't fed anybody. There's no liquor. There's no DJ. There's, there's no way, Bianca. No way. You can't do it. I, I don't know how you would do it. <laughs> unless, you're, unless they're eating saltine crackers and tuna. And there's no music. <laughs> That's the only way. <laughs> the liquor bill alone would be $20,000, Bianca, at a wedding for 100 people. What? Did you have a cash bar? At your, how did you pay for the liquor at your wedding? We had, uh, we did have it. Well, we had unlimited beer and wine, and then we had cash Oh, bar I see. So you didn't pay. Oh, oh, you know what? Let me back up. <laughs> so I, I would pay for the liquor. I would never charge my friends for their drinks at my wedding because that is that's just not the type of person that I am. You got to drink that beer and wine and relax. So yourself. I was assuming that we were feeding them, that we were paying for their liquor, that we were going to be in a nice space that was air conditioned, <laughs> that we were going to have room to move around. <laughs> there was going to be a nice DJ or band. I had all of those things, but you had to play, uh, pay for your own Patron. Okay. Okay. It would be it would be interesting to see what the Wanderers think about this. 28 sounds really, I mean, I'm not trying to spend money. That sounds, I would love to pay for a wedding at 28, but that just sounds low to me. But and that you, was, you actually did. I haven't done it. Yeah. And that was the amount for 2021. So in 2020, and I think partially because a lot of people were just trying to figure out what a wedding looked like, the average cost was $19,000. And I think it was only because you could have, only have like five people and you had to do it in your backyard but um and then there was a chart that like you know average wedding cost per state and uh, Maryland was like 33,000 I think DC was like 38 so depending on where you are did you give everyone a plus one or did you did you do some type of foolishness rules around that because to me this is this is where people try to cut corners and I really don't like it I gave everybody a plus one now you did uh, the right thing However, I'm I'm not doing that for future events. You will be assigned. <laughs> We're moving on. Yes. So the are. last thing you put here is the most popular wedding song. And again, this is incorrect. So I can tell you, and maybe again, it's for, because I'm from Louisiana. Here and Now by Luther Vandross is the most popular wedding song. I can tell you for a fact that that's what it is. It might've been then, but now it's All of Me by John Legend. It's not. <laughs> 
No, Bianca, no. I have to cut this. We don't have the rights. No, they're not going to hear any of what you just did. So it's just. But it's you like, can do up to like five seconds. Don't come out. <laughs> we and we've sang on this show before. <laughs> um, I don't even know what that song is. That's that's not that really? song doesn't have enough history. That song isn't even old enough to be the most popular wedding song. Because let's be clear, even if you're even if you're a young person, the wedding soundtrack is basically set. We all know what you're going to play. It's just a question of what order you're going to play it in. Particularly if you're at a black wedding. Girl, why are you tripping? Every black wedding plays the same 30 songs in different <laughs> orders. <laughs> and Here and Now by Lupta is... Absolutely. Did we play Here and Now? I don't know, but our father... Because if you don't is. play it, your parents are going to be pissed. <laughs> My mother didn't care. <laughs> My father and I danced to... Um, our first dance was to My Girl by The Temptations. So oh my God, was, how cliche of you. Dancing was, for the first time with your father to my it was ground. so cute. And he learned a little choreographed dance and everything. Bless his heart. <laughs> All that to say, if you're getting married, we want to come. We want to eat your cake. We want to drink your liquor. We want to dance to your Luther playlist. We want to bring a plus one and we do not want to be in some cheap ass venue. So spend 50K, even though you supposedly can do it for 28. Don't do that. Go for broke. Go for broke. You only get married, what, once or twice in America? Three times if you're lucky. (laughs) No, but now there's like a whole show, um, I think on Netflix that it's called, I don't remember, but they're basically deciding like to either to spend all this money on a wedding or like a home and so that's what people are doing instead they're like why twenty eight thousand dollars on a wedding when i can get a down payment on my house do do the wedding y'all aren't going to be married in five years anyway um <laughs> let me ask you this um without naming names the nicest wedding you've ever been to how would you describe it to the wanders oh extravagant mm. it was it had they had so much food like the cocktail hour was like the meal and then we got inside the be- and that was outside and then we got inside the beautiful venue and then there was different meal selections there was bar carts that came around table mm. to table to a mix bar cart thing. yes it to was mix drink whatever you wanted yeah, it was sexy i'm stealing that idea that sounds <laughs> Fabulous. It was beautiful. It was, it was, it was gorgeous. I can't lie. It was gorgeous. I, yes. To this day, I'm still like, damn, I think I'm still full off of all the. <laughs> and all of that for 28,000? Hmm. No, this was. A... <laughs> I see what you did there. You're such an ass. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're moving on. And gotta do, we show some love to our animal friends and highlight Clear the Shelters Day. I acknowledge that Isaiah could probably care less about the following segment, and it's really for me and the fur parents out here. (laughs) I wanted to do this because, one, I was struggling to find a gotta do. But then also, this episode will air on April 20th. April, listen to me, August 20th, which is, well, the whole month of August is clear the shelter month, but August 20th is like the big push for um, animal adoption. And now that I am a dog mom, I love that furry bastard. (laughs) That's the second time that I've used bastard today. That's not okay. But I love my baby. And I think about 
how I've been missing out on having a dog because I'd always kind of been a cat person and I have a cat she's wonderful 16 years old geriatric deaf and delightful (laughs) but um been paying more attention or I think just now that I'm kind of in this dog parent communities uh just more and more about um yeah the dogs in the shelters well the animals in the shelters period um and just learning things like I learned a while ago that do- black dogs are less likely to get adopted than uh, white or brown dogs, which racism. <laughs> just kind of. No, I I had never heard that. I knew that about like people, but I didn't know that I that that extended to pets as well. Cats for sure. So black cats are the least likely to get. Oh, because they're bad luck, aren't they? So they say my cat is black and again, she is geriatric and delightful. She is 16 years old child. So she is, she grown, grown. Um, But some, but black dogs as well, they are least likely to get adopted. So you'll see like some shelters will do, um, will highlight, you know, the, the black dogs, the black cats, so that people are, you know, see them, love them and will adopt them. Um, But I've also, you know, they have the, um adopt don't shop like the whole movement around the benefits of adoption over um buying your dogs from like breeders or puppy mills or and there are some folks and and when I was younger we bought our first um dog because we really wanted a yellow lab also we were denied adoption (laughs) they denied us um and so so we bought and I think in hindsight I'm like oof that was probably a puppy mill but neither here nor there um so some of the benefits of adoption is just one helping a a pet in need especially in you know the older dogs the older cats are less likely to get adopted but they really are wonderful and sweet um it's more cost effective definitely cheaper than the pet stores or breeders um when you adopt, especially from a shelter or a rescue, that's also tax deductible. So go ahead and write that off. Um, a lot of times you are including, um, they are including the spay and neuter um, services for these pets. So that is a bill that you don't have to take on later because spaying and neutering can be expensive. Although I'll definitely post some, some low cost um, support and alternatives. And, um, and then also some shelters and rescue organizations just offer ongoing support. So um, I got my baby Maddie from the Humane Canine Network, which is a, a rescue organization. And since I, um, since I adopted him, like the folks will reach out every three months, just kind of check in, tell us about, um, different services that are available, whether it be training. I'm part of a group now that offers like different support. So it's just really kind of building community and helping you get adjusted to your pet. It is definitely something to look into. And I highly recommend Pet Finder for folks who are not sure what kind of pet they want to adopt. It's almost like a cute, kind of like a little match.com situation. (laughs) You put in what you're looking for and the criteria, what you want, and then they match you with a pet um, that is available for adoption in your area. Have you ever had a pet? I, I, ever? Yes. When really? I was younger, I had a German shepherd. Her name was Patches. I named her because she had different patches, colored patches on her body. And I loved her. Um, and then one day she died. 
And I have never <laughs> really gotten over that. And I just vowed that I would never go through that again. And I'm, I don't understand. I understand how people love animals. Who, who, could, who couldn't love an animal? I mean, come on now. I don't understand how people can go through the loss of them and get another one. I will mm. never, I will never ever willingly go through that again. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Really? To this day, I think about patches. Oh. I'm not getting another dog. No, indeed. <laughs> that is just, that is just trauma waiting to happen. How old were you when patches um, passed on? I would really not like to talk about this, Bianca. <laughs> Suffice it to say, the one and only time I had a dog, she had the nerve to die. And so I have never gotten over it. <laughs> not she had the nerve. <laughs> the temerity. The um, circle of life. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, that's, that's what they say. But I, that doesn't make me feel any better. It does not. And you know what? Um, as a young person, I think it would be it would be different as an adult. It just never crossed my mind that she was not going to be there, mm. you know, and then just the suddenness of it all. It was traumatizing. I, 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 I am not going to deal with that again. So and I think it's but I do find it fascinating that you as someone who has had pets and lost pets and you still like bring them into your circle knowing what's going to happen. Like I just that's an interesting choice that you're making there. But you know, and, and people do that all the time and they and they lose a pet and then they just a year later they get another one. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> just <Glenn>. replaceable. <laughs> when our cat, um, because so we used to have two cats. Um, one passed away about four years ago, Fahari. I will never forget. Quick story. I found Fahari in the streets, <laughs> like Pennsylvania Avenue. It was during Black Pride. I will never forget because um, I had a cat at home. And I looked down, my coworker said to me, there is a cat, a kitten behind that tire. And I looked down and I tapped my nail on the street and the cat came over, wrapped him up in a dental dam. <laughs> took him because I was out there doing outreach in the streets wrapped him in a dental dam and took him back to my apartment which also shows how small he was he was really tiny and like covered in ticks um and I named him Fahari because Fahari means pride in Swahili I know anywho <laughs> we, we went away for the weekend came home and I knew he was getting sick um but I had just taken him to the vet and they were like oh we'll try this and this we think he's okay Anywho, came home, Fahari had crossed over, okay, in the living room. My son walks past and he's like, I think he's dead. It's like, upstairs. I was in tears. I was in tears. Like, I didn't know. It was Labor Day. So I was like, I don't know. Everything is closed. Like, I don't know what to do with my deceased cat. Found a uh, pet cremator. <laughs> And the gentleman was so nice on the phone, walked me through. He said, he said to me, wrap your loved one in a towel, put him into a box and go ahead and bring him in. I love that he referred to it as my love, wrap your loved one in a towel. And that is, so we wrapped my baby in a towel, put him in a box and took him to be cremated for 150 times. So a couple of questions. You said, we, did you do it or did you make Cliff do it? touch him I was terrified I don't know why so yes I made Cliff and okay. even Cliff was like ew now now I hope no one finds this morbid but you could have brought him over to my house and we could have gone outside and I would have charged you half of that amount so why are you giving someone $150 or something Isaiah could have done for 25 in the on the back patio 
So that was the thing too, because we were like, do we bury him? And it was my mother was like, don't bury him in the backyard because what if like something comes and digs him up? Again, as you say, I live in the country. So at any given time, there's a raccoon, there's a possum in my you have raccoons and possums in your backyard? Yes. Oh my god, That's the a other whole day a raccoon Mm-mm. jumped out of the trash can. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I live in the country. She lives in the in the true country, y'all. Did you hear what she just said? A raccoon jumped out. You know what, Bianca? This is this is too much. Okay. <laughs> this has gone all the places. But <laughs> um, but yes, so we didn't, you know, replace Fahari with another cat because we had one, but it was time for us to get a dog. And yeah, and again, my 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 kitty, my baby girl is is she old. And I know that when she whew, goes on to the Lord, <laughs> it is going to be a sad day in here for sure. All of that to say. It's clear the shelter month. <laughs> if it is on in your spirits, don't get a pet because they're going to pass away. No, if, if it is on your spirit to bring a little something home and keep in mind that the shelters also have, they have guinea pigs, they have bunnies, they have lizards. People take everything and just drop them off at these places, the rescues, etc. The benefits are endless. And who doesn't want a little something in their house to love them unconditionally? That's why Isaiah needs a pet so that somebody can love him and put up his freshness. That is it. That is all. <laughs> Are you reading with us? Our August book club book for the Ward and Webster Beauty Shop Book Club is Love's Divine by Ava Freeman. Be sure to grab the book and read it. We're going to be discussing and reviewing the book on August 27th. That's Love's Divine by Ava Freeman. It's what you got to do. And to recap today's show, what you need to know is that Virgo is about to begin its moment in the sun, literally, and Mercury enters a retrograde on September the 9th, and it'll last for approximately five weeks. Be on guard. What you got to feel this week is that uh, I do weddings, but do the weddings in your own way. Recreate them. Use your imagination if you have one. And in Gotta Do, Bianca wants you to go out to a shelter and adopt an animal. Obviously, that's not a recommendation that I would endorse, but you know what? Do you? Visit wardenwebster.com for new episodes of this podcast every Saturday morning. Anything else you want to say, Bianca, before we get on out of here? You get on my nerves. <laughs> but I appreciate you so much. <laughs> um, I need that Instagram fixed to appreciate um, Madge, and I want it done immediately. And, and I even I'm, picked out the we gotta go. The photos are so good. We okay. don't need any more of your excuses. We got to go. Can you hear the music? I'm Isaiah Webster. <laughs> I, as always and forever, am Bianca Ward. Thank you for listening.